0: Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator.
1: And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from our at-home studio in the basement.
0: (laughs) On a very cold and rainy day.
1: And we are wondering what on earth possessed us to leave Florida, where it's been beautiful and sunny, uh, but we were glad to spend about a month away working our way toward Florida.
0: Visiting family and friends on the way to Florida. We started off, I think we left you probably in Asheville, North Carolina.
1: My sister lives in the Carolinas, and the year that we did our New England Fall Colors intensive photography tour, oh. I remember saying to her uh, something about, well, this is where the best colors are in the country, and she yeah. said, oh, that's not necessarily so, and I think I have to agree with her that certainly in North yes, Carolina yes. and by Smoky Mountain National Park and we the area. We did the Blue Ridge, area, Ridge Parkway. It's beautiful.
0: Right. We had a great time. Uh, I think we actually left you uh, when we did the install of our uh, Air Force One. Oh, in Indiana. Yeah, in Uh Indiana. And Uh then we went off to Asheville, South Carolina, where we spent about, uh, North Carolina, where we spent about five nights uh, doing the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway. Which is a very nice road. Not for your RV, although we did see quite a few RVs on it. Uh, We did enjoy driving that uh, route and looking at the fall colors. And we were there close to November. At the, uh, right at the end of October, obviously, and, and the beginning of November. And, wow, the colors were fabulous. I got some really nice pictures, which if you take a look at our webpage, you'll be happy to see.
1: And, of course, they were complaining a lot about the drought, which made us very happy because it meant we had day after day of blue skies and sunshine, but they have suffered from some forest fires.
0: Yes, and I think uh, even after we left, they had quite a few uh, interesting <laughs> fall colors. We didn't do the Biltmore Estate because we'd done that before, but Asheville actually has quite a few interesting things to do in and of itself. We did a, a very interesting brewery, t- well, not a brewery a tour, tour, a food tour, visiting some of the 26 breweries that are located in Asheville, North Carolina. If you are into breweries, uh, beer, then this is a, would be an ideal place to go, uh, although they do do wine also and, and great food. It's kind Ooh, of a
1: frou-frou I- food town. Uh, a lot of farm-to-table, farm. a lot of locally sourced. Um, table
0: it's the end thing farm to table i know uh yes they were enjoying farm to table but uh we on the other hand uh, had barbecue we have to be careful because we can't go and visit our family because they're all vegans no vegetarians v- even worse no vegan is worse well, okay, but they don't eat meat, bottom line there. And so I had barbecue while we were in North Carolina, preparing, kind of a treat.
1: Preparing himself for the But I'll tell you, the, the
0: North Carolina barbecue is not really to my taste because it is vinegar-based, whereas when you go to Texas and, and places out west, it's uh, tomato-based. So I guess if people like it, they can have it, but uh, I was glad to try it, but I don't think that I will do it again. I didn't enjoy it that much.
1: So you can be vegetarian with your
0: in-laws. Uh, I was vegetarian for several days while we kind of, kind of. Well, I, tr- I got into the lifestyle. I didn't give anybody any trouble about it. Of course, we were able to enjoy this because of the great gas prices. Yeah, it's been so cheap. Even where
1: we live in Metro Chicago, the yeah, gas is pretty. We were able
0: to buy diesel for less priced. than two dollars a gallon. And I just looked at a picture that I took uh, just a couple of years ago, where it was four thirty-five. Wow. wow! That. Uh, Oh, that really is a big difference in the price of gas. And so all of our RV friends can travel. And of course throughout this
1: entire trip uh, we had the same problem we left home with which was that mm. one of our big slides was not sliding. And I think we complained to you in our last podcast that we were not yeah. able to get we complain. a repair appointment or do we
0: r- rant and rave? <laughs>
1: in Elkhart where we expected to be helped but not only that, but we couldn't get a repair appointment in Florida once we got down there because there are obviously, a lot more people with RV problems than there are people to fix them. So, yes. we now have an appointment the first week in January yes. to drive over an hour yes. from Titusville to um, a newmar dealer to hopefully solve this problem. But
0: Ken, after doing some research and reading, was able to use a jumper, which is a wire that goes between two contacts, and I was able to jump the controller. And disable it and run the motor by its manually. Which was kind of a hair raising operation.
1: And not something you would want to do every night, but he did this after we got to Florida and we weren't going I would
0: have a good time doing that a good time of that. Digging else. around of of <laughs> <laughs> But
1: it was nice to know that we are not going to have to buy a new $800 motor and that this is a new skill that Ken has whenever our slides don't work. It's, I've might got get my us, jumper cables
0: at the ready at any time. So as, call might. me over, ladies and gentlemen. You know, slides are one of those things that you, uh, you're going to have problems with and you should kind of figure out how to work around. Unfortunately, this slide, as I think we mentioned last time, it was not uh, it, not going out, did not really cause us that much problem. It just uh, reduced the living space to a much smaller size. By the way, this is the podcast for December 2016. Hmm. I've now got it corrected, and we are on the right month. And it's almost Christmas. We're putting up the Christmas tree today. It's after Thanksgiving. So it's time. So it's time, yes. Time for December. And of course, we are now at home because we...
1: Our home for the holidays.
0: Our home for the holidays, but most of the time we drive the motorhome home. And we left
1: it at the Great Outdoors in Titusville, so it's still nice and warm, even though we are not.
0: And I bought a very cool weather station, which is now (laughs) located in the motorhome, so I can check to see exactly what the temperature is down there, both indoor and outdoor, anytime I want. I can make myself jealous that the motorhome is in good shape and nice and warm.
1: And you didn't have to winterize it. Which is awesome. And I didn't
0: have to winterize it, right. But we did spend two weeks at TGO, which was uh, a good time. And TGO, of course, stands for the Great Outdoors. And we invite any of our listeners to come over and visit us uh, during the wintertime because the TGO is really, really a nice campground.
1: And we want to thank those of you who are listeners who did stop by and say hi. Uh, We have been amazed by how many of you there are who have also bought at TGO. And we are looking forward to seeing... All of you again after holidays. Yes,
0: we're looking at having a potluck or some other get-together that would uh, provide a little camaraderie for the myriad of RV Navigator listeners that are in TGO. Or if you're passing by, please let us know and we will make room for you too. We're looking at probably mid-February sometime for an evening of get-together and... RV Navigator Fun and Frivolity. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. We don't know yet. This
1: always feels like such an uneven relationship to me because when we meet y'all, you know so much about us and we don't know you at all. But now that we've met you at TGO...
0: um, Everybody has been very nice to stop by and say Very nice. We appreciate it so much. (laughs) Yes. And I think we have nine listeners that we have identified at TGO. And if we have not talked to you so far, then you need to contact us so that we can be in touch with you. Uh, well, assuming that you want to be, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, as long as you're. Happy. Maybe you want
0: to be a stealth listener.
1: As long as there's food and drink involved, that usually makes people. Yeah, but it's
0: BYOB. Oh. <laughs> bring your own, <laughs> isn't you could, it?
1: You could eat somebody else's food.
0: Well, yes, but you have to bring an equivalent amount in yeah, order you're to. Right. <laughs> You could see things are not really formalized at the at the present time, but we enjoyed our time there. We played a little golf. We went off and took some pictures at the Merritt Island Wildlife Preserve, which is very cool. Lots of things to do around there, but it felt kind of like home. And this is uh, the first time we've actually been back there to use our site. So we were glad to see that it had survived the hurricane uh, hurricane and that it was in good shape. The only problem we had was with our shed, which apparently got a hole in the roof from, from a branch falling on it and water leaking in and causing the floor to... Soften, soften to, a to the significant point where Ken
1: fell through it.
0: Yes, well. So this is a problem still waiting to be solved. As owners, we are going to have problems like this, so we got to just kind of put up with it.
1: And while we were there, we um, had the good fortune to borrow a golf cart from oh, our yeah. good friend Mike, who also bought a lot there and wasn't using it at the moment. And we were very grateful to have the golf cart, but I must say that it conflicted me a bit because it's not in my self-concept to be a golf cart kind of person. I'm young and strong, and I ride my bike from place to place.
0: But it was nice having a golf cart. It was. Will we make the purchase of a golf cart? I don't know. We're going to see. We uh, plan to use Mike's uh, for the foreseeable future. He's not going to be down there for the winter. so Of course, I can't avoid new technology, and I threatened to put in a 4K TV into the motorhome. And you did. I did. We actually found a store, a nice Best Buy down the road. Although you do have to go a ways to go to a Best Buy in Titusville. You had to go about 20 miles down the road. And I bought a Sony Bravia 4K TV. It got very good reviews, and I we put it in place of our old Sony Bravia, which it was amazing that in the same space, and this is something you might want to consider, that we had a 40-inch tv before we now have a 43 inch and i could have put a 49 inch in the same space why because they have reduced the size of the electronics and the bezel that is around the tv is actually much smaller so you get much more screen size for the same physical size which is which is very cool now I want you to know that you can't, with this buying season, 4K TVs are in the woo, really low price range, $350, 400 for a 4K TV, and I have to admit that having a 40-inch, or in our case now, a 43-inch 4K TV uh, is not really noticeable, that it's just plain not big enough to, that you can see the additional resolution. But there are other reasons why you would want to buy a 4K TV. One is that we wanted to have a connected one, a web-enabled.
1: Because now we have good Wi-Fi at our
0: Oh, yeah. Campsite. We do. We have, it's we another oh, that's right. we got Bright House to get us a great Wi-Fi down there. So it's just like home. And if you're going to watch 4K TV, you've got to have some way to get the 4K TV signal into the TV. And the best way is to have a web-enabled TV. Um, You can buy external boxes that do 4K, but, uh, you know, that's an extra extra few bucks. But if you have Netflix, for instance, on an app on the TV, then it is 4K as long as you pay Netflix. There's another couple of issues that you want to think about. And one is... uh, Not only the resolution, but the color depth. This UHD TV is is big on, in uh, the TV realm... 4K because it increases the number of colors that your TV can produce and I notice it uh, particularly on the reds on this new TV you can definitely see it plus differences between the blacks and the whites so you get a lot more when you pay a little bit more for a 4K TV you need more than just 4 times the pixels you don't want the same pixels just multiplied by 4 times you need to have a little bit better uh, electronics that is does the UHD TV ultra-high definition. We can get into this later, but 4K is not always 4K, is the bottom line here. This is the first time that we have left our motorhome in a distant location and driven home in the car. And how was that?
1: Quite different experience. Yes. Uh, even more than I thought. There were some things I didn't like, like the fact that when I needed to needed a rust area, there wasn't necessarily a rust area nearby, and I could just walk to the back of my motorhome. Um, But I was pleased that we could cover so much more ground so much more quickly. We made this trip in two days where it normally takes us three and a half. Certainly some of that was a factor that I helped Ken do some of the driving, which I don't do in the motorhome. And the ride was much more
0: comfortable, I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I like the ride at the motorhome.
1: However, my arthritis didn't like the fact that I couldn't squirm around Mm, and walk around because you're just kind of locked in there with your seatbelt. So I was definitely limping when I got out of the car.
0: We thought about flying. Uh, We thought about driving. Uh, We had some stuff to bring home, so we decided to drive, although the flight was expensive. It was uh, $500 in round numbers round trip. And for this, we're going to pay $100 in gas and $70 for a hotel room for one night because we're not the kind of people that drive the whole distance in one day 1,200 miles so uh, it cost us $170 to come home which is very reasonable it's for both of us. less than
1: one plane ticket. Less than one
0: plane ticket one way.
1: Because I know some of the people we met at TGO who listened to this podcast flew home, and while they were doing that, I was kind of jealous. But yeah, Of
0: course. Well, it didn't, you, know, you got to say, is the two days uh, worth it? Um, but the drive was easy, and we were able to go <laughs> nice and fast, which we don't do in the motorhome. So it was kind of a new experience for us, and I'm not sure, I don't know what we're going to do. It's, uh, it's interesting.
1: Year and, by year, we'll have to figure it out.
0: Right, but it's nice to have a place to leave it that doesn't cost us by the night.
1: Which brings us to a much bigger topic about Mm, year-by-year figuring it out. Uh Um, We know that many of you listen to some of our um, Rivals podcasts, um, and one in particular had a rather (laughs) plaintive... podcast recently where they talked about living the rv dream where they talked about coming off the road unexpectedly because of her health problems and being very financially unprepared to do so uh they had put all their cash into their motor home but they hadn't paid that off for yet and they now had to buy a house and they didn't have any money saved to do that and that kind of put our minds to the whole topic of retiring and repairing not only preparing not only to be an RVer, but what to do when you are no longer an RVer, especially if you're a full-timer. Oh,
0: yeah. This is uh, an interesting issue. And, and, you know, we started this podcast after we retired, and I'm not sure we've ever talked about the specifics of our retirement, so I maybe thought we would start there. I retired in 2002, oh, which is almost 15 years ago. Ooh. So we have had some experience with retirement living. And we were both retired from education, uh, so we had no real uh, big nest egg. and But that provided us with a decent fixed pinch pension.
1: Which is something that many people don't have and These anymore. days is,
0: is quite uncommon, and, I and think. And we
1: appreciate it every day.
0: Yes, we sure do. And it has been very stable and has worked out very well for us. You know, we're not, we're not doing... Uh, We're not affluent, but we certainly can do the things we want to do. We retired in 2000, I retired in 2002, Martha retired in 2004, and we decided at that time that we wanted, well, no, we've been traveling forever.
1: Because we were in education, we always had the summers off and the first few summers of our marriage, I remember spending a lot of time in summer school, but (laughs) once we got that done, we would use the time to explore first our country and then the world. And for 12 summers, we took groups of our students overseas, and those trips got more and more ambitious to the point where we did one where we literally went all the way around the world with the kids, we took them on cruises, we went to Asia, we went to Australia. It was a wonderful travel experience for them and for us, and gave us an opportunity to be far better traveled than you could be on just a teacher's budget. And certainly by the time we retired, there were certain known knowns in our lives we knew that we both loved to travel we knew that we could both handle yes. being in a small RV with one another 24-7 and uh, we were kind of, of like mind and many of the things that we like to do we both like to do um, I know of retired couples where the man might be into being uh, an athlete and doing sports where the woman is a crafter or a card player and when you have have vastly different interests like that, being together in a motorhome or an RV 24/7, wanting to go in different directions. I could see could cause some stress and compromise, and it would be something that you would need to talk about. But because most of the things we like to do, we both like to do them together there was much less reason to argue or discuss those things because we had already experienced them long before we had retired.
0: We bought our first RV in 1976. Uh, It was a small Class B, and we have kind of uh, evolved from there up to the 43-foot Dutch Star that we now own. So that uh, camping and RVing and traveling around the country was kind of a foregone conclusion. Uh, We also, both of us, have pensions from the uh, education field, and so our income is actually a little bit more than it might otherwise be if Martha had stayed home because we decided not to have kids, and I think a lot of people – have asked us about this, and our basic philosophy has been you can either have kids or you can travel. And so we decided to travel, because kids are expensive, and it's expensive to bring them, and it's expensive to have them.
1: And educate so, them.
0: And educate them. So we decided that we would rather travel. I know that seems kind of selfish, but uh, we have lived our lives with, with a specific purpose of uh, seeing what's going on in the world, visiting as many places as we possibly could. So... With that philosophy, retirement turned out to be fairly easy for us in terms of the transition. And as a matter of fact, we have loved every minute of travel. We really enjoyed our jobs. I had a great time teaching and working for 40 years. I was a technology guy for the last 20 years. uh, So I only taught for actually 20 years. And Martha was a guidance counselor and an administrator and...
1: And I really enjoyed working with the kids, and I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't have a strong desire to have kids of my own. I liked them very much, and I liked being able to go home at the end of the day and not worry about them, that that it wasn't a 24-7 responsibility.
0: So bottom line is that we were looking forward to retirement, but it was not something that we needed to do, because we could have taught for quite a long time and been quite happy at it, but they offered us a buyout, which was beyond...
1: You couldn't uh, say no. You couldn't
0: say no. It's just just too good to believe. And so we both took the buyout, and uh, we left... Uh, I left at 57, Martha left at 55, so we had quite a few good years to go, and we have enjoyed those years, and so now that I'm 70... I have uh, been retired for quite a while, and we're looking forward to a different phase of our life. And as uh, the RV Dream folks learned, sometimes you have to come off the road. And, of course, uh, the Gypsy Journal... Nick has also come off the road and bought a house in Florida. So these things happen, and you have to plan for what <laughs> the next phase after retirement. We have nobody to take care of us because we are basically familyless, and we have no uh, you know nobody to, to as a backup. So we have uh, taken steps to make sure that we have our future will be stable should something happen to one of us. And let's face it, you never know when that's going to happen. It's going to be. It's
1: not and an if,
0: it's, just it's not a an of if, when. It's, And we live, as most of you know, we live in a gated uh fifty five plus community in the Chicagoland area and just down the road uh is a nursing home facility which we have checked out and uh, when we need it it's there it's there and we can pay for it and it will be ready for us should we need it why do we have a house and an RV can you afford both some people can't some people can't right and so sometimes you have to make that tough decision we're in the position where we feel that uh, having both is a benefit to us but Could we live in just the motorhome? I think so. I wouldn't have much trouble just living in the motorhome, but it's nice to have a house.
1: And I, I am much more attached to my possessions than I expected to be, not because I'm attached to the possessions, but so many of them were bought in other parts of the world and have good memories attached to them. So when I pick up a, a bookend or a pot or um, a piece of clothing, the memories of when I bought that and where I was and what we were doing are attached to it. Yeah. And it's much harder for me to throw things away than I expected them to be. And certainly if you're going to be a full-timer you have to do that or or spend a lot of money on a rental unit housing all of your stuff but once we are on the road it's not like i miss those things or i think about those things so i think once you would get over the 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 trauma of disposing of that stuff and finding out that most of it is worthless and your kids don't want it that it would be just fine
0: but do we want to travel back and forth to the north, to the south, uh, and to great outdoors, to back to Chicago all the time? I don't know. This is something we can decide as we go along. And we have left ourselves that flexibility so that we can decide that at any time. And because we own all of our vehicles outright, uh, we're in pretty good shape in terms of being upside down. Um, I read that. Over 30% of the RVers were upside down in their payments on their RV. They got a 20-year loan on their RV, and that probably is not such a good idea because it means that you're going to be upside down in in not too long at all.
1: RVs are never a good investment financially. Never.
0: And even housing regular houses are sometimes a good investment. I don't think ours is... We
1: used to think they were until 2008 when we all learned a bitter lesson.
0: And the reason why we were able to buy these is because we made a killing on selling one of our houses. We sold it at just the right moment for much more than we bought it for, so this kind of set us up for a good retirement and buying a motorhome.
1: And I have to add that looking back on it, that we have been very fortunate to kind of ease our way into this. And every so often, some of you send us an email where you're just going to We'll be right back. the cat sat on the jump into the full-timing RV life and it always kind of takes my breath away but I realize that if you've never had the opportunity mostly of time that we had when we were younger, uh, this might be your first chance to to try this sort of thing, but I'm much more of an advocate of putting my toes in the water before I jump in with my entire body.
0: Right. Where do you get expertise to make good decisions? And this is a really tough question. One of the things that I have recently joined is the 50 50- plus RVer's Facebook uh, Facebook page, and it is very active, having uh, several thousand members, and very much uh, for newbies. Unfortunately, it's newbies answering newbies' questions, and some of the answers are just ridiculous. Wrong. Wrong. And, you know, I would strongly suggest, if you're thinking about going full-time, that you... Read some of the books and look at some of the expert sites that actually will deal with answering your questions. I saw a question the other day, for instance, that was, uh, should, can I run my, my furnace while I'm going down the road? And over half the answers were wrong, you absolutely can, and there 's no problem with that and there's no reason why you wouldn't and Half the answers were just plain bogus and you've got to be careful about questions like that and of course we 're not talking here about questions of uh, style you know which floor plan do I like or what engine should I get it's it 's these big questions and so one of the things that I would say, you know go to the shows, go to the look at the floor plans, and as you're buying your RV and thinking about it, think about what you're going to do. You know, and our rule kind of is if you're going to travel more than 5,000 miles a year, you want to get a motorhome. If you're going to travel less, then maybe a fifth wheel.
1: And another thing to think about is what will you be doing in your RV? We know many people who are not like us in that their RV itinerary is mostly shaped by visiting other people. Mm. And certainly some of those people are their children who are all over the country. Um, And it's a very nice way to visit other people because you don't have to move into their house and inconvenience them and you can sleep in your own bed and come and go as you wish. Uh, we We are much more tourists and So we are interested in seeing things and having experiences that we haven't already had. And while we're not totally antisocial, I would say visiting people is not the driving factor behind our itinerary. So you want to think about what you're going to be doing with that rig. We also know some people who really like um, learning new skills, meeting new people, and they end up spending long periods of time in a single campground, a larger campground that has crafts and activities and card playing, like the great outdoors, just for an example. And then they are not going to be tourists because they're not going to be zooming around the country seeing new things. So that kind of lifestyle question should also be a factor when you're deciding what kind of a rig
0: to buy. And the... A couple that lives next to us at TGO just brought their brand-new fifth wheel and put it on their lot, and they didn't even have a truck to tow it with, so they're obviously not going to be moving very far at all. So you have to decide what you're going to want to do. We could go on and on about retirement, I think, but uh, you know, I put a bunch of nice links to articles <laughs> to help you decide about your retirement, and I put them on our website on the webpage for this. But I think talking about the Forbes had a nice article which has 10 things that you might want to consider doing as you get ready to retire. And number one is visualize your lifestyle. And that is something we have done all along. We knew what our life was going to be like once we retired.
1: But that was easy for us because we were but, already doing something like to, that.
0: Yes, but you need to sit down and do that. And then no matter what your age, you need to get started planning. If you want to have a good retirement, you need to start planning. And we put away 10% or uh, between 8 and 10% of our income away in in uh, investing and we just let it sit there. And we did that from our early 20s. So we had a nice nest egg when we finally decided to retire.
1: And certainly those of you who are much younger than we are, anything you can sock away I assume you know compounding power of right. money if it's left in a good place for a long time is the best thing you can do
0: get number three get smart learn how to invest. Don't buy annuities. Learn how, learn the benefits of compounding and learn how to invest your money so that you get the most out of it. And don't just put it in the hands of some financial advisor who charges you a lot of money in order to invest your money. Number four, make a plan. And that's what we just talked about a minute ago. You know, have the view of your future in mind. You know, how are you going to get to where you're planning to be in 10 years? Track your progress. Hmm, that's a good idea. Keep track of what is going on in your life that brings you towards that retirement goal. And number six, this is an interesting one.
1: It's talking about putting college in context and putting your retirement first. We have many friends who are excellent parents, very devoted to their children, and worked very hard to finance their children's education. And so they have graduated from college with little debt or no debt, but their parents now have no money left for their own retirement. And while you can borrow as a college student toward your tuition and books and all that, You can't borrow toward your retirement. And so we, looking in retrospect at some of our friends, feel that they might have made a poor decision or should have shifted some of the responsibility for paying for college back on their children because now what they've shifted the responsibility on their children is to help pay for their parents' old age. They're going to pay
0: one way or the other, and they're going to pay for your retirement if you can't afford it yourself. So that's a problem. Number seven, find the right location. Lots of articles about where to retire. And, of course... If you want to be a full-time RVer, that's another option also.
1: And certainly as an RVer, you really have the opportunity to investigate in-depth various parts of the country because you don't really get to know an area unless you've lived there for a while. And as you heard, those of you who listened to us, as we bought our lot in TGO, we have been to many campgrounds like that and evaluated them and found them not the perfect one for us. I and mean, the right it location with our took us a goal. while to yeah, find, yeah, absolutely. find the right spot. And that takes time and research. And certainly a benefit of being an RVer is you're not just flying into a city for a weekend and madly trying to buy a house. You're really learning what you would be in for if you
0: lived there. But if you've been following us for the last 10 years, then you know that we have spent every winter... Somewhere warm, somewhere warm, and somewhere that would be a retirement (laughs) destination if we chose to to do it that way. And it wasn't until this year, last year, that we actually purchased something that uh, could be a long term winter destination for us. And I never thought it would be Florida.
1: No, I don't think of myself. I I never thought I would. I never thought
0: I would be retired. I
1: like being out west better.
0: Yes, I agree. (laughs) Why did we buy (laughs) Florida?
1: Because of that campground Uh and the people who are there.
0: Yeah, that's true. Number eight, cultivate interests. We know
1: know a lot of people whose identity is their job. And when they no longer have that job, what do they have? Nothing. So you need to have interests or, as Ken has, vices. uh, Vices? 4K TVs are vices? Keep you entertained and busy
0: um, as long as you're able to be. Should we talk about our latest vice? This is being recorded on a new device. Hopefully Hopefully, it works. Hopefully it works. Actually, we're recording this in two places just in case it doesn't work. But I got a new, very small. Are you guys interested in this? No. No. A very small handheld recorder that, well, okay. But I got it on sale on on Black Friday. She's not commenting, ladies and gentlemen. I feel coldness rippling down the the pages.
1: It's nice and small. Number nine. Prioritize your health, and that needs to start long before you retire. As a person who just went to three doctor's appointments today, and I'm going to two more tomorrow, you can't do anything if you don't have your health. And you have to take good care of yourself, eat right, sleep right, live right your entire life. And then if you have good genes, you might have a long, healthy retirement.
0: Study and understand Social Security.
1: We're not involved in the Social Security program. They kicked us out. Or
0: Medicare.
1: But we are amazed to talk to people who are getting near retirement who will have Social Security, who have no understanding of how it works or when they should start drawing it or if they take it early versus if they take it late, what are the pros and cons. That seems to me very important to know every tricky detail.
0: And now an article. The American dream of a blissful retirement free of financial worries is dying. Most U.S. households are headed for a worse lifestyle in retirement than they had while they were working because they simply aren't saving enough, experts say. 35% of households in their prime earning years or later have nothing saved in retirement account and no access to a, a traditional pension, according to the AP analysis of savings data from Federal Reserve. Among the households that do have some savings, the typical amount is just $73,200. That's about 15 months of median household income. How much money do you need when you retire? We found that having 100% of our previous salary was a pretty good indication. (laughs) That
1: worked well for us.
0: (laughs) Now, now the the good thing is, is, though, that doesn't mean that you have to earn as much because we don't save anymore. We don't have to pay for pensions. So our expenses are down, but our travel expenses are about the same.
1: Yeah, speaking for us, travel is our major vice, and we tend to spend as much money as we have.
0: Yeah, but we could easily live on substantially less. Sure, sure. There's no reason we don't have any kids to leave it to, so we may as well spend it. What the heck?
1: Other things to think about. How do you make the transition and move into your RV? Are you going to sell it all and jump in? Not for me. Are you going to rent an RV first before buying it? You know, this is,
0: a lot of people talk about this, but the problem is that the rental units are not the same as the ones you're going to buy as a full-time RVer. You're just never going to, so the experience is very different. I think of the ones we rented, small class Cs, and there's no way I would spend full-time in there, but my motorhome here, I definitely would.
1: But you already knew that. Maybe I know, but I mean, else... I wouldn't
0: want to rent one here and do Alaska, for instance, and think, whoa, that's not a thing I could do full-time. But,
1: but as it... we just said, we had the advantage of working our way out. Yeah, this is a tough problem. Over all those many yeah, years. Yeah. And if you never have experienced yeah. it before, maybe you need to rent yeah. to have some experience.
0: Well, I guess just to go out camping or something. I don't know. This I, I, I'm shocked when, as I look at this Facebook page about how many people just make the big plunge, and frankly, they make the big plunge. They buy a 40-foot fifth wheel, and then they can't drive it. There have been several people on there who have been selling their 40-foot fifth wheel because they got it out on the road, and they said – I just can't drive this thing. And or, a 40-foot fifth wheel is big.
1: Or we knew somebody but who had It to doesn't live big. ...had to find somebody at every campground he went oh, to to park yeah. it for him. That's right.
0: Can you imagine that? Which was embarrassing and... Couldn't back it up. He, he couldn't... <laughs> he was afraid to drive it. And you know, you need... And he... They they just started right out, right? Yes. Yes. They just bought it out cold yes. because they talked to Howard and Linda and they who were... Who advised them wheel. to get a view. Yes, that's right. Oh, so... I don't know, and be careful, you know, don't buy too much RV. <laughs> you look at the floor plans, and you say, i got to have all this stuff, but if that takes 40 feet to have it. Do you need a washer and dryer?
1: Not necessarily. Most campgrounds have laundromats. There are laundromats in town. Do I like having a washer and dryer? Very much, but I didn't use to, and I survived.
0: Uh, we talked to a friend who, uh, who bought what he said, I'm buying my third RV first and you know what i mean yes. and i'm not sure that's really a good idea because you can't buy your third rv first he was saying that i'm just buying top of the line or right out of the box because i'm going because this is what i'm going to want and it's been our experience that you know we have gathered Ideas about what we want in a motorhome for years, and then we put them to into effect when we finally bought our motorhome. But you don't know what you want, and everybody's is different.
1: But I think he was saying that he tried very hard to right. research as much as he could, which we are strong advocates of. But there's some things you can't research; you have to experience them for yourself.
0: Tons of stuff that you have to.
1: And, and as we already alluded to, the fact with John and Kathy Hudgens, um, you not only want to make a plan for entering the RV life you want to make a plan for when you are going to leave it again. It needs to be a plan that's viable at the moment that you begin your RV life because you never know how long you will be able to to live in that way or enjoy it.
0: Yeah, how long the health is going to hold out. Why we RV, statistics tell a tale. And, of course, you can look at all these uh, articles on the website. Survey reveal that these are perceptions of RVing. Number one, couples who RV develop stronger bonds with each other. 68% felt that was true. Yes, that's true. RVing allows you to be more physically active, and that's definitely true. 67%. RVing provides an escape from everyday pressure and stress. I don't have any pressure and stress. Because you're <laughs> RV. That's right. Okay, so 65% say that. Kids who travel with their families by RV receive educational benefits. 58%. No. <clears throat> Traveling by RV reduces exposure to illnesses and other health risks. 56% felt that. Here are other RVing-related statistics drawn from a variety of sources. The median income of RVers is $62,000. 39% of RVers had children under 18 living at home. RV owners aged 35 to 54 are 11, were 11.2 percent in 2011. This makes them the largest segment of RV owners in the U.S.
1: Not geezers.
0: Not geezers, right?
1: And this this makes me think of that we should also mention again that there are many possibilities for making money while you are an RVer. Um, there's the workcamper.com website that has job listings. Uh, we know many people that work in campgrounds or volunteer if they have enough money. This is another way to keep yourself busy once you are no longer an employed person at historical places or lighthouses. Or we know a couple that counts birds in the summer. Uh, so there are many things like that that you can do that you would enjoy that are not part of your working life
0: so to sum up our retirement we are purposefully wandering which is a ter- term i stole from the travel rv website we are purposefully wandering the world to see what there is to see in the united states and we are enjoying it very much very much we have lots of plans coming uh, coming up
1: Boondocking is always a little less convenient, although with our motorhome, we are very well equipped to do so. Some people, I think, just enjoy getting away from other people. The challenge of seeing how long they can manage their water and their power without being on the grid. Certainly, you can save a lot of money boondocking. For me, I boondock when it makes the most sense to boondock because I'm going to a show or a convention or a rally where that's what you do.
0: And we've probably boondocked a total of three weeks in the last year. Yeah, that's, that's probably, about, about right. probably about right. So that but that's a decent amount of time and I think you need to look at your RV and decide whether you're going to boondock and, and then set it up with that in mind or buy it with that in mind if that's... Uh, if you're buying something new, we find out that only one in four RVers actually do boondock, which is kind of interesting because I assume that most everybody did boondock at one time or another, but apparently that's not the case at all. And I'm not talking about the type of Walmart camping, although going to the Walmart or going to someplace overnight is not a bad idea if you're, if you're on the road. You know, why, why pay for an expensive campground when you can just stay someplace and you've got your nice RV, which is completely set up?
1: As long as you can determine that you are welcome and will be safe where it is where you're boondocking.
0: Okay. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Safe, safety is a key. And what, what we really enjoyed the Cabela's, I thought. Right. That was a nice uh, right. store to park at. I put up the nice desktop photos with calendars so that you can have a nice background for your computer screen.
1: Have you well, gotten any feedback? Very little feedback. Me?
0: But the picture that is this month's picture is a guest photo oh so i'm soliciting more guest photos if you have some nice RVing photos well or just nice photos period that uh, would make nice backgrounds uh for everybody's desktop please send them along and i will include them in one of the next month's uh podcasts but are you running out
1: of pictures that's
0: the problem i'm <laughs> running out of pictures, but, <laughs> but i like to share the idea and uh, get other people to participate and now we can talk a little bit about Christmas gifts. We've tried to compile a list. And if you go to this month's podcast website, you'll see numerous links. lists, links to 10 best gifts for RVers and all sorts of stuff. gift guide One of the things that I think, RVers. one uh, uh, two subtle or less than obvious things that if you have an RVer in your life that you need to give for them. One is electronic safety flares. So these are lights that blink and flash so that in case you have an emergency on the road, either with your car or with your RV, that you can be safe and mark it off. Those are fairly inexpensive. i provided a link for that. Second is a tire pressure gauge. That goes to at least 120 PSI so that uh, you can use it on a motorhome. And these are also very quite inexpensive and something that you can definitely use as an RVer if you don't already have them. Other than that, we have a number of interesting top 10 lists, including things like a roll of quarters. For the laundromat. For the laundromat.
1: And generally, despite what you just
0: said, um, you are
1: better off buying RVers, things like gift cards or memberships to things, um, because remember, they are living in a small space and they don't need another vase or a yes. tchotchke.
0: But safety flares and. are practical. And they're not tchotchkes. So what do you buy the woman? A gift card. An induction burner.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Maybe. This time of year is the is wintertime, and this is another place where people have gotten bad advice uh, from the <laughs> 50 and over Facebook page. Beware of battery-draining phantom loads, and I have a link to this also. In case you don't know what a phantom load is on your batteries, and of course this happens when you're leaving your RV stored for quite a while, there might be little pilot lights on, and you need to make sure that those are off so that they don't drain the battery by the time it's springtime. Uh, Some people say they have to go out and run their engine every month to keep the batteries charged, and yes, that may be necessary, but better off is to buy a solar panel that'll keep the batteries (coughs) charged, and you have to be careful that you don't have any phantom loads. Um, Some RVs actually have a total disconnect. If you can't, if you don't have a switch like that, then maybe you need to use a disconnector that uh, disconnects the batteries totally. Uh, Batteries that are low will freeze. Batteries that are full will not freeze so it's important that you not let them gradually deteriorate and then in some cold night there they go of course leaving your rv in florida is even a better idea Hmm. uh we had a question about leveling versus stabilizing
1: what's the difference
0: yes do you know the difference
1: well, leveling is making it level so that you don't roll out of bed or when you open the refrigerator that the pop cans don't attack you. Right. And stabilizing has to do with having it be firmly on the ground with jacks so that when one person walks around, the other person doesn't feel like they're walking around with them.
0: By God, she, doesn't under, she does understand it. Yay, Rob. Congratulations. So stabilizing jacks are things that you put down that are not meant to actually level the RV, but they are just meant to provide a nice stable service. Surface. If you rely on the springs of the on the wheels, you'll be bouncing around all the, all the time. So you have to understand that when you go to the dealer and you say, I want stabilizing jacks, or he says it has jacks, you need to question them. What do they do? Right, especially on trailers because side-to-side leveling is difficult, and it will be expensive to have that, that capability. Although I do notice that many fifth wheels these days have six levelers. Wow front to back, and then side to side. So both ways need to be leveled. Uh, Another question we had was about uh, heat with gas or... Or electricity. Of course, if you're an all-electric coach like we are, we that's We have no not, choice. Well, no, we do because we could heat with diesel.
1: Certainly, when we are using a campground's pedestal power, I oh, yeah. want to heat with electricity because I want to let them but, pay for it instead of me.
0: Of course, but now we are in Florida where we pay for our own electricity. But here's... A, this is an interesting uh, statistic. answer. A gallon of propane should be less than 24 times the cost of a kilowatt of electricity. A kilowatt of electricity is 17 cents times 24 equals four dollar in his case four dollars and eight cents LP where he is is still the fuel of choice so at 17 cents um, times 24 you will find out exactly or whatever your kilowatt rate is that will tell you how much you should you could pay for propane
1: so you're multiplying the hourly rate times 24 hourly? hours in a day hourly electricity rate the kilowatt What you're paying for that. Yes. Times 24 hours in a day.
0: Not 20. No, no. It's just, no.
1: (laughs) Where does the 24
0: Uh, come from? It comes from the amount of heat generated by a kilowatt of electricity and the heat generated by a gallon of propane. Is what? 24 times. One kilowatt generates one. 24th? A 24th of a gallon of Uh propane. Uh Uh-huh heat okay so that's this is based on how much heat it will develop okay, okay. but the, the the ratio of 24 is interesting and uh you know gives you an idea of whether which one you should be using how about the new foam car that looked ridiculous small yeah new foam car debuts your next dinghy you've likely never seen a car like the new electric drive spira which debuted at the la auto show The enclosed three-wheel electric trike is steered with a tiller tiller and an exterior that looks like a toy car converted in styrofoam. Covered in styrofoam. Covered in styrofoam. It carries two passengers, but just barely. Take a look at it. It looks interesting. Then the last topic we have for today are the eight American towns that do Christmas right. With Christmas just around the corner here, if you're listening to this uh, immediately after we make it, then you will be able to go to one of these towns and do the Christmas thing right. And maybe we should sing a Christmas story here as we end up.
1: No, I want to say one more thing.
0: Silent night.
1: Be silent. (laughs) I was putting some new podcasts on my phone the other day, which was ridiculous because I don't have time to listen to what I already have on my phone. And so I was doing a little research, and that reminded me that we haven't asked you in a long time to put some comments on iTunes for the RV Navigator podcast about how you feel that the podcast is as a listening experience. Ooh, okay. Because the ratings are helpful to other people and help us as well. Well,
0: if we made money at it, it would be. <laughs> that's a problem. Actually, it? the more listeners we have, the more we pay. The more, the we, more pay. Money we
1: pay. Never <laughs> <So>. mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, no, we always like to have comments. And we appreciate your emails.
1: And it looked like there hadn't been anybody commenting for a long time, and I thought that's probably because we haven't mentioned it.
0: Could be. When we always like to have comments. So funny. I'm mentioning it. This has been kind of a, a downer topic. To, well, not downer, but kind of a, a realistic, s- realistic uh, view of uh, RVing uh, that we've tried to do in this podcast. So we hope that you've enjoyed this one. Um, I'm not sure "enjoyed" is quite the right well, word, we've but given you've learned you some something, things to right. think
1: about. And our only motivation is to try to help you to have a wonderful retirement.
0: Exactly. Because and and learn from our experiences. Yeah. Take what we can give you and and make it, make your, it own. your own. If you're coming down to TGO into Florida, Florida, stop in and see us. That's where our campground will be. So if you're going to be in a campground near us, otherwise we'll have a Merry Christmas. And I guess I'm not allowed to sing, so I won't be singing, but, uh, have some Christmas carols on us. Try a little grog and we'll see you next month. In the new year. In the new, Ooh, that's, Oh, the next month is the big champagne. Yeah. We have to
1: buy some.
0: We have to buy some. And we maybe we can sit out on our,
1: under our
0: palm palm trees, on our, picnic table. Maybe some people will drop by and they can be Help guests. Help us do the podcast. Help us do the podcast. Okay, folks. It was nice talking to you and we're very glad to do the podcast and, and be with you on this great holiday season.
1: We wish you a great holiday and we'll say goodbye for now.